Hey everyone, it's Joel here. Now I'm sure you know the drill by now, but if you don't, you can catch all six of our weekend gatherings online by going to our website, which is soulrevivalchurch.com. And we really wanted to let you know that we are super excited to see how these hard times have made us operate better as a church. And we pray that many more people would come to know Jesus because of it. But right now, let's get on with the show. And here is the Saturday Night Gathering at Kirawee. Welcome everybody to Soul Revival Church on a Saturday night. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, it may seem like it's the end of the world, but it actually isn't. And um, it is a bummer that we can't meet together. We can't uh, meet in the same space physically all the time, but I think this has got to be close to the next best thing at the moment. Now, you also may have noticed that uh, churches have been declared essential services, which means that we can actually meet together in this space to be able to uh, produce something like this, a live streaming service, but uh, I did notice that when uh, they mentioned the people that could be included in that, it included an organist, and uh, we, don't, <laughs> we don't actually have one of those at the moment, but in times like this that are unsettling and a little bit uh, worrying, um, we do have one thing in common, and that is the certainty that God provides us um, and the hope that God gives us through his son, Jesus. Right now, we are uh, going to uh, have an interview with our lead pastor, Stuart Croshaw. How are you, Stuart? G'day, Joel, and g'day, everyone. Um, thank you for joining me on the very long couch here. I feel like the guy that makes these couches probably hasn't had this much marketing ever. In <laughs> I, wonder if he, I wonder if he actually wanted to be described as that. But it's, uh, it's, it, you can be relaxed and socially distanced at the same time. I think that's, that's a plus for the very long couch. I've just imagined some uh, employee at Ikea right now tuning in on our broadcast feeling quite chuffed. Must be very happy. His uh, lounge design has been uh, so successful. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, uh, we've got you up here today to just kind of discuss how things are going in terms of how we're doing the live streaming um, and just the other offerings we're trying to do to keep people involved in church. What do you, how are you feeling right now about it, and what are, you, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, obviously, the, the situation's been changing dramatically over the last couple of weeks, and we've sought to try and see if we can have as much continuity as we can for everyone from what our physical spaces were to our digital spaces. So we've been able to... Um, through the really goodwill and hard work of a lot of volunteers put together six different gatherings over the weekend and the idea of that is that we can still maintain the shape that we had before the COVID crisis started and uh, yeah I think that's kind of what we're trying to do. Yeah I want to say um, in that in respect to that I really thank you for the way that you and the other leaders at our church have really transitioned to make that happen so quickly and also thanks to the guys in our communication team of making it happen um, so we're also, uh, along with our live services that you're seeing on Facebook right now, we're also doing a podcast as well. Um, is that uh, something that you've been listening to, Stu? <laughs> you listening <laughs> to yourself? I, I have, actually. Yeah, we. Uh, some of you may know already that Joel and I had been experimenting with a new podcast before the COVID crisis started, which is called The Shock, Shock Absorber. Absorber. And The Shock Absorber podcast is on uh, Spotify and iTunes and everywhere you need to get uh, your podcast and that's been uh, really fun and helpful because in the Shock Absorber podcast we're able to explain that 
Uh, the way we run our church is by bringing the generations together in an all-age, all-stage church. And the idea of a shock absorber is just like a car needs shock absorbers as it drives along down the road. In order for a church to have movement, it needs to be able to consider that there's going to be some bumps in the road. And COVID-19 is a big bump in the road. A and rather large cultural so- shock. Well, we it's a say. rather large cultural shock, yeah. And so what, what the shock absorber is doing is uh, it literally says that the, the youth of the church are the flexibility that the churches have and the, the strength of the church is uh, the older people that have uh, biblical wisdom and able to, to have life experience. So the idea of the shock absorber is bringing together young people and older people, bringing the generations together to work together rather than working separately. So that podcast has been fun and a few people have tuned in. But off the back of that podcast, um, when this happened, Joel and I, we talked about streaming um the services so that people who don't have the bandwidth to be able to download or watch a live broadcast like this are able to listen to the sermon every week. And Joel, you've done a great job with getting those up and running. So thanks for that. That's all right. Thank you. Um, so that one is called the Soul Revival Church, the podcast is what it's called, and also the Shock Absorber podcast. Um, you preached on something like that on Friday night at our Friday night service last week in terms of the Shock Absorber, especially um, the passage that you always quote from Matthew. Is that something that you're, we're, th- we're thinking now that we can kind of help other churches if we're able to with that kind of shock absorber principle? You've got some thoughts around that and how we can do that? Yeah, well, Soul Revival's already uh, really good friends with a number of different churches, but we think that in these times, even though we're self-isolating personally, I think it's really good for us to all network with each other. And so getting those six gatherings together for us as Soul Revival is to help us in our gatherings to continue to have some kind of reference point so we can still gather together and of course off the back of that we're encouraging zoom meetings if that's what people like we've had a ring around at church so that we're not just doing things digitally we're encouraging people to keep talking with each other and we're encouraging that but we're also thinking with the shock absorber that if other churches want to connect with each other that could be a, a good thing at this time too so that's yeah, what I'm absolutely so if, if there are any churches that are watching this right now get in touch with us because we're happy to try and give you a hand and try and sort things out and we'd like to learn from other churches too, absolutely so, yeah, yeah it's really totally. good to network all right so thank you very much Stu. Uh, we're going to do a second interview now which i think believe is courtney's going to join us on the very long lounge thank you thank you now we've been doing uh one interview per uh, ser- uh service this week but right now we're going to do two and we have courtney joining us on the lounge how, how are you i'm good thank recently you recently engaged as well i believe i am how is, yeah. the, how is uh, coronavirus affecting uh, your wedding plans? Um, not too much. We've been planning still regardless. We th- we're hoping by next June when we're getting married, everything will be okay again. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. So the, right now, though, how is the coronavirus affecting yourself personally and your family? Um, well, so far, the coronavirus has really changed what my job looks like. So I'm a primary school teacher. I currently am working at Holsworthy Public School. I'm only there for two more weeks. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, I'm only working there one day a week at the moment physically. And then the rest of the days I'm working online. When I'm actually at school, we're down from 675 kids in my school to about 30 to 40. So it's really nice to see the kids come together and become a little community. We had all of the year three to six kids yesterday playing handball together, which was really nice to see. And all of the K to two kids were interacting and having fun with their teachers. So regardless of the fact that school looks a little bit different, I think there's still a lot of joy happening with that group that are there. That's cool. And so I believe that you've only just become a teacher. Yeah. So I think that your first, you were telling me before, your first term is going to be online 
Yeah, yeah. So I start a new job next term at a new school and it's my first ever class and I'm starting off my first ever class uh, virtually online. So it's going to be really different, but I'm also really excited to start that new kind of journey and see what it looks like to educate kids online. Well, you'll be able to do it both ways now. You, when you actually end up being back in the classroom, you'll yeah. see how different it is. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a really good experience for now, sure. Speaking of different, but you're also telling me a story about your family, <laughs> about what they're doing uh, while you're all um, kind of locked in at home. What's yeah. what's going on there? Yeah, so my whole family is working from home at the moment. So as I said, I'm in one day a week. Everybody else is pretty much solely at home now. And so my mother, being the very wonderful and creative woman that she is, has gotten a little bit arts and craftsy and she has uh, kind of set zones in our house. So currently we have got the Department of Emergency Services, which is our study and that's where mum and dad work. And then the Department of Education, which is in the kitchen and that's me. So mum's put posters up on the wall. My sister's bedroom is the University of Wollongong. Uh, and we've got like a little stockpile of food and stuff out in our garage and so on our <laughs> garage door at the moment it says IGA so yeah so you guys you guys were the first lot of panic buyers is that right <laughs> we, we tried not to panic buy we tried to only get what we thought we would need so mm. we don't have heaps but yeah. it is there and it is a very funny thing to go look at when we how go out to get some resources <laughs> how, mu how much toilet paper have you got <laughs> stacked away there like 17,000 rolls we've, we've got enough toilet paper if you need some <laughs> toilet paper let us know <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining us on the very long couch <laughs> thanks Courtney um, right now we're going to pray so I'll be doing that, and then we'll get Stu up to read the Bible and bring us the Word. So please um, join with me as we pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we um, pray for your hand over this time, Lord. Um, we ask you that you would uh, be able to stop the spread of the virus, Lord, um, stop people being sick, and also hopefully prevent... Um, the deaths that are going on right now, Lord. And in this time of uncertainty and um, turmoil and um, really uh, times of worry, Lord, we pray that you would uh, calm us and help us to know that um, there is a so much certainty that you give us in these times that we can't really know what's going to happen in the future, Lord. Um, I pray for our health workers, Lord. I pray that you would help them to uh, make the best decisions using their wisdom to help everyone... Um, in be able to uh, yeah, be able to um, stay healthy, Lord, um, as much as possible, Lord. And we thank you that we have a health system that um, is so well equipped to be able to do it, Lord. And also, I pray for those that may have already lost their job or have been stood down, or people that may lose their job in the future, Lord. I pray you will be with them. I pray you would support us during these um, the tough economic times to come as well, Lord. And I pray that we would. Um, Everyone in Australia would be looking to you, Lord. I pray for revival in these um, difficult times. I pray that you would help us to seek Jesus, Lord, and to be able to um, know that you are the certainty we have, Lord. Amen. I'm going to bring Stuart to read and bring us the word. Thanks. Thanks, Joel. Well, if you've got your Bibles at home, you might like to turn up to Luke chapter 6, verses 17 to 19, because we're going to be reading from that today. So read along with me. So Jesus went down with them and stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of the people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and be healed of their diseases. 
Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and all the people tried to touch him because the power was coming out of him and healing all of them. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you already have received your comfort. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Well, let's pray before we have a think about this passage. Heavenly Father, we do pray, uh, as we already have to uh, today, that um, in this day of COVID-19, that you would give us peace and comfort, knowing that you are in control and that you care for us and that you are still in charge. Help us to understand, Lord, that while many hated you, that you call out to everyone to rely on you instead of to rely on ourselves. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what we're doing this weekend, right across the weekend at all our gatherings at Soul Revival, is we're looking into the reasons uh, why Jesus was arrested. Uh, we're coming up to Easter, and we know that at Easter we remember that Jesus was not only arrested, but he was also executed by the Romans, and the Jewish authorities and the Romans collaborated together to put some trumped-up charges against Jesus. And the question we're asking this weekend is, why was Jesus so hated by the leadership of the time? And what we're looking at all weekend is... Um, basically Jesus' teaching and his life and his claims about himself were so radical that the uh, authorities tried to silence him. But we know that even though they killed him, he proved that he was the Son of God and that he rose from the dead three days later and he couldn't be silenced. And not only after he ascended that, but after he ascended into heaven, his followers continued to preach this same gospel message that he was arrested for in the first place. So here Jesus is preparing his disciples for a time that will come in the future where they will need to stand strong in the message of the gospel, not only having personal comfort, but also being able to give comfort to others because of the assurance we have that Jesus has defeated death and sin. And here in this passage, we can see that Jesus is showing his power. So let's have a look at that in just a minute. But before we do, I want to argue that from this passage tonight, we see that what Jesus is actually doing is raising this massive issue that was an issue at his time, but is also an issue in our time. And that is the issue of self-reliance that we like to think as human beings that we can save ourselves, that we can strengthen ourselves, that we can keep ourselves safe. And here in the passage tonight, Jesus is going to bust that myth. In fact, the reason that he was so hated and so loved at the same time is when he busted the myth that human beings can be self-sufficient and they don't need God, that human beings could somehow live such a good life that God would be pleased with them. When he busted that myth, there were those who loved the freedom of not feeling like they had to prove themselves to God and they loved the idea that God was looking after them. But there were others that hated that myth being busted because they were actually building their power base on the reality that human beings can actually be self-reliant. Now, myth-busting is something that is important uh, 
uh, for us to hear about as Jesus busts that great big myth. But um, I wanted to pause briefly and just consider that there are so many myths going around in our society today, not just that big one that human beings can be self-reliant, but also in this time of COVID, there's all sorts of myths that are emerging. And it's interesting to me that people like myths because sometimes they just make them feel happy. Uh, here's an example of one of those. Um, there's a recent news item that apparently because all the people are leaving the canals in Venice, that wildlife has started coming back to the city to replace them. Um, there's a photo that's going to come up on the screen hopefully, but um, basically here you've got this frolicking dolphin happily frolicking in the clean, pristine waterways of Venice. Um, unfortunately, apparently it's a big myth. It actually isn't happening. The photo of the dolphins swimming around in Italy is taken from a, a seaside a, a Italian city but someone started a Twitter storm by saying that dolphins are coming back to Venice and because people love that idea so much they wanted to believe it and so they just got into this big myth that was taking place. Here's an example from a news outlet of something that uh, was written about that. Because the famous canals of Venice, Italy are suddenly very empty of humans on gondolas, the dolphins have taken this as an opportunity to frolic like there's no tomorrow. As reported by numerous outlets, dolphins have been seen swimming in the canals of Venice since the most of Italy went into quarantine due to the corona outbreak. Combined with reports of this, in other places, monkeys are walking the streets searching for food and Kim Kardashian has found a lobster in her driveway. <laughs> now, some people like that myth so much that even after it's been debunked as a myth, people are still sharing it as though it's fact. Uh, this news item goes on to say, if you are not comforted by the sight of dolphins playing, it seems very possible that you don't know how good a time the wildlife are having it right now. But one thing is for sure, when things go back to normal, whatever that is, everyone should probably remember how happy the animals are right now. Maybe we should all stay home and out of the water more often. Looks like the fish are happy too. Now, that myth has been debunked and yet people are still sharing it on Facebook because some people like the truth, but some people find the truth uncomfortable. Um, not only the dolphin issue is a myth at the moment, but also some people are, are sharing myths that are even more uh, troubling, actually. Uh, there's a myth that's going around that if you drink lots of water, then you'll be able to stave off coronavirus because you'll clean your throat regularly and the virus won't be able to survive. Now, that sounds pretty crazy, but people, again, have been dumping that onto Facebook and Twitter, sharing that around. Even more troubling, there has been a myth that, uh, that apparently has been... Um, moving around in Iran, that if people drink ethanol, then the ethanol will kill the disease. And really, unfortunately, this has actually been a life-threatening situation because people are actually believing that myth so much that they're drinking ethanol and actually dying from the ethanol as they're so scared of the disease. So myth-busting is really not just important for there to be truth about what's going on, but it can actually save lives. And Jesus' myth-busting is exactly like that. In Luke uh, chapter 6, 17 to 19, Jesus sits down with a large crowd and he teaches his disciples. But before he does that, he shows his power. He shows that he is the Son of God. He shows that he is unlike anybody else. And as he is moving around in the area, he's healed people's diseases. He's dr uh, driven out impure spirits and everybody is crowding around Jesus just to touch him because they understand his power. And what we get in Luke chapter 6 verses 20 to 22 is Jesus explaining that what is important from the lessons that he's giving in 
in curing people and casting out demons is that what he's trying to teach us is that not only is he the son of God, but he's here to care for us and that he is actually the one we need to look to for our security and indeed he's our eternal security. In verse 20, he looks at his disciples and he says this, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Now on first read, it seems like Jesus is saying that if you don't have any money and you have no possessions and you are really poor, that's a really good thing because if you're poor, you will receive the kingdom of God. But what he's actually saying is that um, when we have very few material possessions, we are going to be more likely to rely on God than if we have lots of material possessions and we actually believe the myth that we are actually secure because of our material possessions. We've seen that recently with the toilet paper um, situation where people are trying to buy as much toilet paper for themselves because their natural human instinct is to try and create security for ourselves when there is insecurity. But Jesus is saying here, if you're poor, you need to rely on God. If you have no other external access to uh, medical facilities, then you need to pray and rely on prayer for God to look after you in times of need. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 gives us a bit more of an insight into this idea of Jesus where in Matthew, uh, Matthew adds the detail that Jesus says there, blessed are you who are poor in spirit. And that helps to unpack that idea even more that we need to rely on God. Even if we do find ourselves with lots of material possessions, we shouldn't rely on self-reliance. We shouldn't think that we can save ourselves. We need to rely on God. So here in uh, Luke 6, Verse 21 and following, Jesus continues to unpack this idea. He uses the example of hunger. He uses the example of weeping. And he uses the example of people hating you. If you find yourself deprived of food, or if you find yourself so shattered that you're weeping and crying, if you find yourself hated by people because they've rejected you in the name of Jesus, you actually need to remember that you can rely on God in these times. And if you remember that you're reliant on God for your eternal safety and even for your temporal existence, then you'll be happy because you'll understand that you're part of the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, no one is forgotten. There is not one member of God's kingdom that goes unnoticed or uncared for or unsupported by the Lord. Now, Jesus says in verse 23 to 26, that there'll be those who accept this message and those who reject it. In verse 23, he says, Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven. For that is how their ancestors treated the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you already have received your comfort. Isn't that telling? In those two verses, we see the two reactions to Jesus' teaching. There are those that understand that Jesus is God and that he has the power to protect them no matter what. Whatever trials they go through on life, whether they're sick or healthy, whether they're rich or poor, whether they have a job or they don't, whether they have the security of knowing when um, hard times are going to finish or not, there are those who will trust Jesus, trust his message of um, the kingdom of heaven and rely on him for all their needs. And they will rejoice in what Jesus has taught. They'll rejoice that there will be comfort for those who weep, that there will be food for those who hunger and that there'll be time of great rejoicing when we join our ancestors our spiritual ancestors in heaven if we put our faith in jesus christ we believe that just as jesus defeated death so too we will receive resurrection at the end of the day but in verse 24 the rich respond to jesus differently those who are looking for self-satisfaction for self 
comfort to try and create their own safety. Those who are reliant on themselves and think that somehow they can impress God with how successful they are, they will actually receive their comfort here on earth, but that won't be able to save them in eternity. He goes on to say, Woe to you who are well fed now, for you will go hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will mourn and weep. The basic message here is if we rely on ourselves, we will miss out on that eternal security because we cannot defeat death ourselves. There comes a time where all the medicine and all the doctors and all the money cannot prevent that great enemy that we all face, which is our own death. And Jesus says in verse 26, Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. Basically, people want to hear myths that comfort them now and give them good emotions right now. They like the idea that they can do whatever they want and that they can create security and safety for themselves. But Jesus is saying here, it is a good thing to prepare for the future. It's a good thing to work hard. It's a good thing to strive to see if you can actually um, create security of yourself as long as you don't think that your ultimate, ultimate security is in yourself because ultimately our security is in Jesus Christ. And we need at this time of COVID more than ever to rely on him. My encouragement to you is to really work on your prayer life at this time to really work on your Bible reading disciplines. We all have new schedules. We all have new rhythms. Why not add the rhythm of daily trusting in the all-sufficiency of Christ to your daily rhythms? Think about these ideas this week, and we'd love to hear how you can rely on Christ as you think these things through for yourself. Thanks again to you guys for joining us. Um, I've been uh, talking to my kids about in this time about focusing on three things, which are trust God, stay calm, and look after others. But as Stu has told us, if we do the first thing, trusting God, we'll be at, those things will follow. And um, let's not be self-reliant. Let's rely on Jesus, the MythBuster, um, for our eternal security. One way, guys, stay safe, wash your hands, stay at home, look after yourselves. Thanks for joining us. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Revival Church podcast. Just a reminder, if you want to watch any of these services that we hold live, you can go to soulrevivalchurch.com and you can see all the gatherings up the top of the page. You can choose anyone you wish. It can be on Friday, Saturday or Sunday. Thanks again and one way. Music is okay by Ixon.